this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Behind the Velvet Rope is thrilled to welcome Miss Dorinda Medley for a special two-day event to celebrate the official release of Make It Nice, her incredibly candid memoir. In Make It Nice, Dorinda opens the doors of Bluestone Manor, her Berkshire sanctuary, welcoming fans into her beloved home. In her first ever written life story, Make It Nice, Dorinda clips away all pretense and noise to unveil the not-so-glamorous bumps in the road that have marked her colorful journey toward becoming the person viewers, colleagues, and friends know and love today. This is a vulnerable and emotional account of love, motherhood, loss, and the not entirely planned adventure from her modest beginnings in the Berkshires to the woman we see before us today. You may think you know Dorinda from watching her six seasons on Real Housewives of New York City, but let us not forget, she started on that show at almost 50 years old. Dorinda has lived an entire life before joining Housewives. And this book details it all. She has lived an entire life since leaving Housewives. We are going to talk to Dorinda over the next two days, learn more about her, her story, some of the things she's had to overcome in life. If you think you know Dorinda, you Don't. I can't wait for you guys to listen to this special two-day chat. And when you're done, this is only the tip of the iceberg. As much as you're going to learn about Dorinda in this fun-filled chat over the next two days, don't take my word for it. Make It Nice is out tomorrow, August 17th in bookstores everywhere. It is such a good read, guys. I can't wait for you to read it. But now grab your martini, pour yourself a glass of wine. Bluestone Manor bourbon is not out, but Dorinda's working on it soon. So until then, drink what you have, kick back, and enjoy. We have a fun two days. Guys, Miss Dorinda Medley is here to make it nice. And at least for the next two days, you won't have to say, what are you doing here without Dorinda?
everyone. This is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we welcome philanthropist, allied to the LGBTQ community before it was en vogue, reality <laughs> TV star, and now author. And I think we're about to say New York Times bestselling author. That's just my I, prediction. From your mouth to God. That's for you. Does that, oh, first of all, she's, she has a, a fan that says, yes. The one and only, does everyone recognize that voice? Miss Dorinda Medley. Dorinda Medley. I mean. Thank you so much for having me out today. Thank you for being here, Dorinda. I mean, look. You are the only person I could do this with this at this time of the afternoon because, you know, you're going right into my nap time. Dorinda, I would have woken up in the middle of the night if that's what you wanted just to be able to chat. Thanks. Well, how are you today knowing that your baby, Make It Nice, is about to be birthed to the whole world? You know what? The whole process, the whole fear process, it's funny when you're writing it, you don't really ever think you're going to, it's real. You know what I mean? It's kind of like when you're filming, you don't really think it's real. I went through the whole panic time when I edited it because I was editing it. I would call up Simon Schuster and be like, I never said that. They're like, well, you wrote it. I mean, (laughs) because you're not really thinking about it. And so I kind of got over all the fears and got like, you have to really decide that you just have to go for it. And and keep stuff in that maybe will make other people uncomfortable because, you know, you don't, you don't want to be, you don't want to, I was very conscious of not doing anything that would step on the toes of his children or of Hannah. Cause I think a lot of the story is their story to tell. And I think I did a good job. I mean, some parts were so fun to write and other parts were more difficult to write. Well, you know, you've accomplished so much in life and you've done so much. Like why was now the right time to kind of put your story out there? Well, of course, you all know I was on pause. Yes. And then it was the, it was sort of the trifecta, really. It was, I was put on pause. Simon and Schuster had been asking me to write a book and I just never really, I just couldn't get my head around it. I think because I was, we were so busy in New York and just, I don't, you know, I never thought of myself as that interesting to write about. And then of course we had COVID. So all of a sudden I'm back, back at Bluestone Manor and this opportunity came up and I thought, why the hell not? Why not? You know, if the whole world is on pause, I can really take some time to do it right. As opposed to just trying to throw something together. Like I had time to really think it through. And actually, David, I used it. Like I really did use it like a job every day from like nine to three. I worked on that book. I took off for lunch, but that was my job because I I'm not really a person that it was hard for me. I'm a great talker. Like, listen, I could talk to you about lo- lo- dirty laundry, but trying to get that on paper is very difficult. And Hannah helped me so much because she is a writer, my daughter. She's a, uh, you know, a big, huge writer and academic. So she really helped to pull the great stories out of me because I have so many stories, but then I get in front of the computer and be like, I don't really have anything to say. You know, I can't imagine Dorinda Medley with nothing to say was the process nothing to write all nothing to write say nothing to write let me just was it harder than you expected because I mean I would expect it to be extremely hard I'm going to tell you something my level listen this wasn't even a big this wasn't even sort of like one of these dense books that people work on for years I admire writers so much it is such a discipline and it is so kind of torturous almost because even when you stop for the day, you're still thinking about it and it looms over you like, come back and write, you need to write, or you'll be somewhere walking down the street. You'll think, oh my God, I got to get that in my book. You know what I mean? I forgot about that. 
yeah, it's um like I I, I just have a whole another level of sort of admiration for writers because that is tough. It is tough. How did you decide to get? I'm Hannah thinking and- cookbook next time. Well, I'm thinking cookbook. That's not a bad idea. You know, you are in the kitchen. I see you all the time at Bluestone Manor. Dorindaisms. That one will be about this big, right? We can put it on a cocktail. But you know what? That one will sell very well too. Listen, you already have your second and third book, Dorindy. Maybe you should call yeah. Simon and Schuster after this talk. Yeah. Guys, you know, I spend all day talking to the Real Housewives from every city. Listen, I can't help it. All my friends are women. And as a self-respecting gay man, when we get together, nothing is off limits. What I hear from my friends all the time is that when they turn to high quality underwear, sleepwear, and loungewear, the only place they go is Third Love. Third Love has cup sizes ranging from double A to I, including exclusive half cups, and lounge and sleepwear comes in sizes XS to 3X. With such a large variety of sizes, what happens? The fit ends up being perfect. There's a really easy fitting room quiz to take when shopping at Third Love. It's like a personal shopper. It's very interactive. The quiz focuses on size, breast shape, current fit issues, and someone's personal style to help deliver bras and underwear that are the perfect fit for you. The fitting room has helped 18 million women find their true bra size and you could be next. And what I love is that the perfect fit is promised. They stand behind their products. If you don't love the fit from third love exchanges and returns are free. That's right. They're free. And what I also love about Third Love is that they give back. They're the largest donor of undergarments in the U.S. They've helped donate over 40 million in product to help women make powerful life changes. Listen, Third Love knows you deserve to feel comfortable and confident 24-7. So right now they're offering all of you, my listeners of Behind the Velvet Rope, 20% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash velvet now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 20% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash velvet for 20% off today. How was it? How did Hannah get involved? Like, I know that she's, you know, able to help, but it was that like a conscious decision. Did she ask or? Well, hey, I mean, as everyone knows, Hannah and I, Hannah's involved in everything in my life. Hannah's a huge part of my life. We we're really, we kind of, she obviously doesn't live with me anymore, but she's just always engaged in my life and excited about what I'm doing. And as she was a writer and the fact that I was writing, she was very excited about it. And she thought it was time. She really did. She was like, this is a great thing for you, mom. You've lived such a colorful, interesting life. And I don't feel like she said something really interesting that really made it exciting. She said, I feel like a lot of people just know this one side of you, but there's so many sides of you that got so many things that got you to here. And I just want them to see the mom, you know, the daughter. And it is true because Listen, I, it happens when you're on TV. They can't show, you know, they, they can't show all sides of you. You're kind of the side of that real housewife in New York. But it, takes a, it took a lot of years to get me to that place. As I said before to someone, you know, I'm sort of a, a baked cake and I kind of just, you guys just saw one piece of it. You know what I mean? So it was nice to sort of give them a lot more of the cake, I thought. 
Yeah. I mean, you've had, I think you started at 50, right? So like you've had a whole life before joining the New York Housewives. That's right. So there you go. And you I guys mean, always heard about these little tidbits of when I lived in London or when I grew up in Great Barrington or, you know, but it was, I thought it would be fun for the viewer to sort of get to know me a little better and talk to people about, you know, I really wanted people to know that you can be, if you work hard and slow and steady wins the race and you just keep going and you have a vision and you have a hope, just kind of go for it. But just try to do it as, a, as honestly as you can. And if you make some flop ups, it's okay. I mean, I've made plenty of flop ups. That's good advice. What about, you know, because Hannah was involved and you were putting it out there, was there anything that you thought was, you know, like too embarrassing or like you didn't want to share with her or the world really? that you kind of second guessed it, but then you put it in anyway or didn't put it in? Not really. You know, I'm pretty, pretty much of an open book. You know me from, you know, the show, you know me from outside the show. I, I'm pretty okay with myself. You know, I mean, that I'm pretty doesn't... okay with myself, you know, you know, my attitude, like me, like me, don't like me. That's okay too. We'll all get along. We'll live. I mean, that's what I thought. I wouldn't expect you to not include anything, but you know, you never know. I figured maybe the only there thing is I something. did was change some names for the protection of wives and things, like you know, because I didn't want any crazy wife coming after me just saying I said something about their now husband. And you know, they would. And how did you remember everything from so long ago? Like, did Hannah help? Did you use the old photos? I'll tell you how I did it. That's such a good question, David, because you know what? I'll tell you how I did it. And I helped. I went to my mom and dad's and took out every single photo album, every yearbook, and just sat with them. And my mother is from that old school where every photo album is a year. Remember when your parents used to do that kind of stuff? We don't yeah. do that anymore. But my mother had, you know, 1964, 1965. So it really could walk me through right up through when I would, well, even later. And then I went through all my yearbooks and then I went through all my pictures. And um, then I went through my wedding albums. And it's really interesting because I was such different people on each of those times. Like I really revisited that girl again. I'm like, that's right. I was that girl. And yeah. it really, it was a nice process. Listen, I, I got to tell you, there are some parts of it I was very easy to write, like motherhood and that, that, you know, part of my life. And there were other parts that were really difficult to write, which was kind of reliving that time with Richard. Because although you guys know my husband passed away, I've never really talked about the process and what it meant to me personally and to my family and what the day to day of it kind of looked like. You guys just know, you know, I wasn't Mrs. Medley anymore. And that was the hardest part of the audiobook to do. Strangely, the two hardest parts of the audiobook to do were to talking about my grandparents. Because I forgot how important my I didn't forget that's the bad word. You know, we get so stuck in life that we forget the things that sort of made us who we are. And my grandparents were such a huge part of my life. And they've been gone for so long that it was nice to visit them again. I talk to so many people on this show that when I run into someone or have them back on the show and they remember my name, I'm always blown away. It's the little details. And when it comes to sheets, the only place I turn is bowl and branch. Why? Because they pay attention 
to the little details. Bolin Branch was formed by a husband and wife team that set out to give sleepers more choices for high quality sheets at a fair price. And boy, did they ever accomplish that. What I love is the variety of colors. I chose the pewter mainly because it goes best with my apartment. The sheets are so elegant. They look and feel so sophisticated, but the price is so reasonable. That's why I chose them. They're hundred percent organic cotton. They are made toxin free. And what I love is they get softer with every wash sheets that look high end, sophisticated and elegant, but are affordable. Sign me up. And that is why I did sign up. These are the only sheets I will now use. And you guys need to check this out. So listen, you can try them worry-free for 30 nights with free shipping and returns to experience the best sheets you've ever felt. Choose Bowling Branch. And because you're listening to this podcast, you get an exclusive 15% off your first set of sheets with promo code VELVET at BowlingBranch.com. That's Bowling Branch, B O L L and B-R-A-N-C-H dot com promo code velvet. That makes sense too. I mean, I was going to ask you because a lot of writers, you know, it's either joyful to revisit all the memories or it, it is hard, I would imagine, to revisit sure. some of them. How was it for Hannah since she was so involved in the book, like with the stuff with Richard, like was that hard for her to kind of relive that? Yeah. I mean, we definitely had our moments of crying or we would stop and, and, you know, I would read something to her and she'd say, and she'd be like, yeah, I remember that. That wasn't a good time. Or I can't believe you did that. You would like, she would say stuff that I would, you know, when I was talking about my teenage years or my young years, she's like, I can't believe you were that girl because, you know, I'm only mom to her. She doesn't realize that I was once, uh, you know, a young girl wanting all the things that she wanted and having dreams. And I had a mom. She said to me, the thing that really blew her mind is that how I talked about my mom as my mom where she said you don't talk about her like that you talk about her as grandma and she kind of said I had this moment where I was like that's right she's your mother I've never she said I know that sounds crazy but you talk about grandma the way I talk about you I said yes because she's my mother yeah yeah right so, that now, was like as a Candace, from Anna's point of view she's been grandma she was never my mother, like in that sense of the way. Have have they read the book? Like, have has Hannah read it, and has that have yes people in your life read it? But people in my life have read it. They loved it. I just sent a copy to one of my brothers, so that'll be interesting to see what they they say. I think they'll like it. I mean, I think I was pretty accurate about each one of them. And my mom, my mom and dad say they've read it, but I think they've just looked at the pictures. But we're we don't. <laughs> Maybe they'll read it eventually. I really do. I'm like, Dad, did you read the book? Oh, boy, those pictures. Boy, oh, those are some good-looking pictures you got in there. I'm like, I know, but did you read? And the dedication to your mother and Hannah, so beautiful. Anyway. You're like, what about on page or chapter? So, so the truth is, they say yes, but I don't buy it for a second. And that's okay. They're just, you know what it is? My mom is so sweet. My dad is so sweet. So I go, the first day I give it to them, it's on the shelf and of course, beautifully presented on the mantle. Okay. I said, you know, I'm the only child that wrote a book. So of course the first day I go, they got the front cover on. So I'm like, oh, look at that. My book is on the mantle. That's great. I go back the next day, the back side of the book, it's been turned is on the mantle. So she goes, oh, I'm just going to keep rotating it. So we have a different look, you know, and so we can see both sides. (laughs) I love that. 
Well, it is like you said, like, I think a lot of people watched you on TV. I mean, as I read this book, I learned things about you. Like, I didn't know that you spent time in Hong Kong. Can you imagine? Did you know I got lost there? I've been to Hong Kong. I can't imagine. I mean, it's easy to get and lost. That was but back I- in the time where there were no cell phones. Wow. Think about that. No cell phones, no nothing. So, you know, I'm thinking to myself, wow, I don't, I mean, how am I going to get back? It, it, you know, and I didn't grow up being well-traveled. I mean, I was lucky to go to, you know, Mystic, Connecticut for, this, you know, for, for a weekend yeah. to stay at the Star Hotel. This was literally like going to a whole nother, well, it was a whole nother world. And I didn't know how to navigate it. But that's when sort of like, that's the good news is I think being, having had the opportunity to live abroad so early in my life really created a lot of independence and curiosity. And I think a lot of the visuals that I love now with color and fabric and entertaining and hosting is because I kind of did have all those experiences. Yeah, I think that absolutely helped. It definitely influenced me. What about how was the process of just writing this at Bluestone Manor? You know, like the iconic Bluestone Manor, like it was COVID. Like, was it nice to just, you know, spend time with your thoughts? Well, this and... is a writer's haven. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, this is a great, I mean, you can get really deep being a writer at Bluestone Manor. You'll walk the gardens and be very heavily into it and, you know, sit in all the, I have so many different sitting places at Bluestone Manor that, you know, you can just wander anywhere and write for an hour. This is the perfect haven to walk because it definitely, definitely Even when you're not writing, it's a place to think. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Do you ever ask yourself why are so many dogs suffering with health issues? Well, actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 1,600 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs, joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, says there's one place we can look to support any dog's health, their food. So she decided to create something she could actually feel good about feeding her dogs, and it's called Superfood Complete. Superfood Complete is the only food I use for the dog in my life, Doherty. Why? Because Doherty's health is so important to me. Doherty is so picky. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But he loves this dog food. What do I love best about Superfood Complete? The fact that it's made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet. But don't take my word for it. Go to badlandsranch.com velvet in order right now to get 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S ranch.com slash velvet today. It's a place to reminisce. It's a place to kind of let your mind go free a little bit. It just is. It's sandal season, and that's something I used to wait all year for. But now with the new Croc-style sandals, I embrace those feel-good summer vibes all year long. 
And you can too. I love Crocs' new getaway sandals. With their new feel-free technology, they're so light and soft, it feels like you don't have shoes on at all. It's like walking on clouds. They're Brooklyn sandals. They're so stylish and sophisticated. They have a classic style and a modern simplicity. And let's not forget their new Miami sandals. They're an elevated silhouette and they have a slight lift, which I love. So thanks to Crocs, these aren't just sandals for a single season. You can wear them year-round. And that's what I love best about Crocs because being this comfortable transcends a single season or a single vacation or even a single moment. It's a mindset. Thank you, Crocs. And right now you get 20% off your next purchase at Crocs.com. Just use the code SANDALS20 at checkout. That's SANDALS20 at Crocs.com for 20% off your purchase. Do you remember Tuesday, September 20th, 2016? Because we do. Because it's the day This Is Us premiered after more than 70 million of you watched our trailer and made our show go viral. I'm Mandy Moore. I am Chris Sullivan. And I am Sterling Brown. We are your hosts of That Was Us, a rewatch podcast starting May 14th. Listen to our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be able to watch our episodes on the That Was Us YouTube channel. Yeah. No, I mean, it has a literary feel. It does. Yeah. And it's sort of, you know, I, I say to people, I was saying to someone yesterday, people talk about, I'm doing this, um, I'm doing this partnership with Airbnb and where they're doing an experience here, which I think is going to be hugely successful. Wow. Um, but, you know, it's almost like Blue Storm Man has become an urban legend. So I think when we, so I saw so even sometimes when I come on a Zoom and I have this, they're like, oh my God, you're, you're really in that room. I'm like, well, it is a real place. I mean, I, I'm not like Cinderella at the Disney castle. You know what I mean? This wasn't something that was hired and rented for filming. Well, that's why the fish room thing was always endlessly so funny. Because when people were like going out about the fish room, I'm like, I didn't make the room for the housewives, I had a 12-year-old stepson that stayed in there. But people really, and if I tell you, David, the outrage when I had that room redecorated, people were like, I can't believe you're doing that. Please, so I finally had to tell everyone, I still have the fish in there. I just changed the wallpaper and gave it an update. But literally, people take ownership over rooms in my house. So it still has all the fish. It has the fish. Okay. Everybody can calm down. Fish are still in the fish room. People were upset, Dorinda. They were. I mean, did you ever think that you'd have to like put it out to the masses and like maybe, you know, say, does everyone approve of this before I redo my own house? To be honest with you, David, I did have a pause where I'm thinking people might. I honest to God said to Marshall Watson, my interior decorator at the time we were redoing, I said, I I think people are going to be mad at me. And, you know, he doesn't really watch the show. He's known me for like 30 years. He's like, about what? I said, because my, he's like, I don't get it, but this is your room. You can't redecorate. I said, it's just so big. You're just so, I said, Luann came in the, the fish room and then we went out for two seasons, not 19 seasons. And, you know, it, everything was, that season, everything was the fish room. I'll come stay at the fish room. I could have rented that fish room out probably 5,000 times. I think so. I, I really yeah. do. If what it all is terribly wrong, I'm going to sell, I'm going to sell uh, photos. People can come and take a photo in front of this painting and then people can go stay in the fish room for the night and I will serve them breakfast. How's that sound? Dorinda, I think if you put a link up on your bio for that, you would be sold out probably for the next year. And they're going to want a picture with you too, but you'll, you'll, you'll throw that in. Yeah, I'll throw it in for free. 
This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Check out betterhelp.com slash velvetrobe. Listen, life is full of stress. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are. Life is stressful. You may not be feeling down and out and depressed or like you're at a total loss, but if your stress level is high, like mine, your temper is shorter than usual, like mine, or even if you're starting to feel strained in any of your relationships, you could probably use the chance to unload. Unload the stress and get it out. Talk to someone who's completely unbiased and who's not going to judge you or take sides. If there's stuff you can't tell your friends or family, this is the place to do it. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Unload the stressors and get some unbiased feedback. You'd be pretty surprised at what you might gain for it. Try it out. See if it's for you. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Behind the Velvet Rope listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. That's B. E T T E R H E L P dot com slash velvet rope. Betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. I expect that you're going to hear from a lot of people that have lost a spouse or a loved one because this book really does, I think, deal with the grieving process well. You know, so I think. This book and what a gift that is that that conversation has gotten more comfortable to have. I think that's one of the greatest things that came out of being on the housewife. So not only that opportunity and sort of like for me coming, going on after which you died and Hannah went to college, it was very sort of a great opportunity to sort of express myself and do something different. And, and it was kind of therapeutic. Um, I cannot tell you how many people have reached out to me throughout the years that were widows or lost a family member because I even said it at the time, I remember after Richard died, someone said to me, um, when did you become a widow? And I'm like, wait a second. I'm, it's such, such a weird word for a young person. A young, not that I was young, but in the widow world, I was yeah. a younger widow, right? I was 46. And I always thought to myself, there's really no conversation about that for women that lose their husbands when they're sort of in the midst of their marriage with them, right? And you, you kind of feel bad and terrible when it happens when people are older, but it's, there's some sort of acceptance about it. That's just weird. So, and people, you know, grief is such a weird thing. People want you to do it and get over it. And you don't really get over grief. As I said to someone just the other day that I was just talking to about it because she lost her father. She said, it's been a year and I don't feel like it's getting any better. I said, well, here's the thing about grief. You're just going to have to accept. There's not one day where you're like, okay, I'm done with that now. So that's forever now. That's part of you. I said, I said, I said, I think the grief kind of stays the same if it were evolved, but you get bigger. You see what I'm saying? So the grief feels less, but it never goes. It's not like losing a purse. I mean, I think I said that one time on the show. It's not like you lost a purse and you get over it. You know, it's a human and you, you, you get, you know, you move away from it. You start a new life. You get new friends. You, you know, things become distant memories, but you will always have to this day. I'll have a moment outside where I'll be like, God, I really wish Richard were here. And it just is that brief moment where he's present for me. And then I go back to my life again, you know? 
what about was, cause I mean, like you said, it never really goes away. Was this cathartic though, in that sense and writing about Richard or you've dealt with it and you're, you know, it it's, was it's very cathartic. You. It was very, not that I ever forgot, but my God, I love that guy. You know what I mean? I got to really realize we really did have a beautiful, like I am, I've gone, I, I went from being, you know, sort of like maybe angry or disappointed that we had such a short time together to really so grateful. Like I would do, if someone came to me tomorrow and said, you're going to meet this great guy, but from beginning to end, it's only going to be eight years and he needs to go. Would you do it? I'd do it all over again. Like, I don't look at it anymore. It's like, I got gypped. You know what I mean? I look at it, God, what a lucky, that was a lucky time. And it was at such a fortuitous time because Hannah was like 10 years old. So it was like, what a great time for her to have this wonderful stepfather in her life. I think that's a really good way to look at it. Yeah. You know, some people don't experience that type of love ever. That's right. He was a real, you know, what was nice about Richard? He was a real partner. Right. And that, you know, you and I both know many marriages that are just, you look and you're like, it's not my place to judge, but this isn't what I personally want in terms of. uh, Yeah. I mean, I was sincerely, listen, we don't, don't, don't be fooled. We had our knockdown drag outs like the rest of them. And I'd be like, I I never married you. That's life. Right. Yeah. But you know, generally every day I was happy to see him. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, it was Richard again. And he'd always say to me every morning, good morning, Mrs. Medley. Did I tell you I'm the luckiest man in the world? And finally I'd be like, oh, stop with that baloney, okay? You're like, enough. Well, one thing I also learned in the book about you, which I never knew, is you opened up about like your struggle with anorexia and body dysmorphia, which I never knew before. Can you imagine? You know, and that was definitely, and I, I also think, I think writing that, I think what I, Hannah and I were just talking about it the other day, because I'm, I think like probably a lot more women suffer or have suffered from either anorexia or body dysmorphia because it's just so present in our life. It's just so like from a very early age, we are given image and fashion and cues of how a woman should look or they want to look. And a lot of that is being thin or fit or whatever the rage is, right? Yeah. But you can you can see how it, it can happen. And I always love fashion so much, right? And I really wanted to be in fashion. So, of course, I'm like, you know, 14, 15 reading Vogue books. And also, too, I think, I don't know this because I'm not a medical doctor, but for me, a lot of the anorexia, that, that, that tendency in anorexia and stuff and having issues with food was control because I was so competitive that it was the one thing I could control. I think personally, I think that's what a lot of eating disorders are. Again, I mean, I'm not a psychic, but I really do think so, honestly. Yeah, it's the one thing that my mother couldn't, you know, I felt like, huh, no one can make me do this. You can make me go to school. You can make me, you know, do chores. You can make me go to church. You can make, but this, this is mine. And it's the one thing where I could see results. So this diet, exercise, diet, exercise, diet, exercise, really, really fed into my competitive sort of mentality because I'm very competitive. That's an interesting way to look at it. But I agree. I think that's what it is. And I think the more people tell you, stop, you're getting too thin. You're like, you can't make me. So now it's really yeah. And then, you know, each one becomes another bar to meet. I even, you know, listen, I think we even do it in this day. You'll start working out again and you start working out for three weeks and you start working out for four weeks. Then before you know it, you feel bad that you're not working out on the weekends. You know, anything can 
it, it's not an immediate thing. It's a slow tumble into this kind of situation. And then before you know it, you're in it. Do you think it's even worse today? You know, like with TikTok and Instagram and social media, where it is? You know, I don't know that because I just don't have young a young daughter in my life anymore. You know, and Hannah's a full-grown woman and stuff. But it's definitely something that I was aware of when Hannah was growing up because I didn't want to hand that down to her. You know what I mean? Right. My, my kind of freaky control things. And she's much, but Hannah's a much more relaxed kind of person than I am. She's more her father. She is. She's yeah. relaxed. She, she tends more to the British side. They're always a little more relaxed. Yeah. She said, you know, she doesn't really go out. She doesn't love a lot of people around. She's always waiting. She's very academic. She just got a much more Zen sort of thing, which is funny that God put her with me, right? Because this is why you guys are best friends. You balance each other out. Yeah. What is she up to these days? She's in the city and working she's and in doing the city. Well. Yep. She's working. Um, she's back at school. She's just a big old academic. She's a great kid, Hannah. She likes to stay in the, in the, in, off to the corner, even on the show, you barely saw her. She'd take, she'd do those, you know, appearances once in a while, like, uh, like, you know, an endangered species. She'd come out of the wild for one scene and then she'd go back in. That That's not her thing. Is she happy that you're off the show and just. Hannah's just happy when I'm happy. You know, she kind of goes along with my decisions, whatever I make. Yeah, she's pretty, Hannah's very supportive of me, thank God. That's good. What about, I mean, the me- one of the messages I took away from this book kind of is, you know, no matter what, we have to just keep, you know, life kicks you, but you have to get up and keep moving. Like, it, it, did I take one of the messages away correctly? That is a huge message. You just cannot get stuck. You can't get stuck in one bad decision or one bad move, you know, it truly is, you know, Maya Angelou said about, you know, the rain, the thunderstorms eventually stop. And my mother would always say, she'd always say, Oh, remember it, it, it when it is, it may be night, but it's going to be day. And when it's day, remember, it's going to be night again. You're, you can never get away from that. So don't get too worried about either. And it is so true that you just have to just kind of sometimes Stay focused, stay on course, you know, really just know that if you you just keep moving, you can get out of just about anything. It may take time. It may cause you to go into a different direction. It may present you in a different situation than you expected. But, you know, I always say, you know, sometimes in life you think you're going to France, but you end up in Italy. But that's okay. Enjoy Italy. Get a, you know what I mean? Just shift. Be, be that person that can be malleable and shift and change if needed. Because I think that's when we get in trouble in life when we're too rigid. And we think everything is it. That's the forever. That's it. I'm done. Because I know ourselves I've done that. I'm like, it's so terrible. I'm never going to be the same again. And then, you know, two weeks later, you're having a ball somewhere. You're like, well, that's not okay. Because you'd be surprised how we keep thinking we know, just like a book with the last chapter is we think we got it all figured out, but we don't. The chapter shifts all the time and that's okay. Yeah. I never thought at 56, I'd be a widow. If you told me 10 years ago, which has been dead 10 years. So now longer than that, if you told me 15 years ago, that in 15 years, you're going to be a widow, uh, you know, stay in a Bluestone Manor on a reality show, uh, doing what I'm doing. I would have never believed it. 
I would have never, I would be like, oh, what are you talking about? That's right. never happening. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And just like that. Life could change. And you know what's interesting, David? I was thinking about it the other day, you know, because I'm doing, um, it's Richard's 10-year anniversary. So I've been sort of thinking about him and what I'd like to do. And we're setting up a, there's one uh, apple tree from the original uh, fruit orchard on the property um, that is actually very, very old. And I shocked it two years ago because I said, if it doesn't grow back, we'll just rip it, we'll take it out. But if it does, and it's first during COVID, it prospered. I mean, I had actually wow. fruit on it this year. So I thought I'd use that as a tribute to Richard for his 10 year anniversary and put baubles and light it up and just have him sitting on the property somewhere. So when I was down there sort of looking at it and taking those LED lights and just starting that, I thought, I wonder if Richard Medley would know me today. Like I've changed a lot since he's died. For, I mean, I think for the better, but I'm a different person and that's okay. But I wonder, you know, like what would my conversation be with him now? Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yeah. Because he knew me as Mrs. Medley. That was a very different world. Right? Yes. I mean... So I was really thinking, you know, God, it'd be interesting to have a conversation. And I, t- and I told him everything I've been up to the last 10 years. Right? When you Is that an like- interesting question? Yes. Because, well, first of all, I'm sure he'd be very proud of you for writing this book, first of all, because that's... Well, I think he'd be very surprised that I wrote a book because the truth of the matter is he was the writer. He and Hannah were the writers and academics, and I was always the doer and the talker. He used to always say, I'm the map maker and you're the executor, and a map is no good without a good executor. So I was like, hooray, I love to execute, right? I was the big talker in the room. I was the one that wizarded up stuff. We were a great team in that way. So I remember saying to Richard one time, you know... I am such a great storyteller. I am probably one of the best cocktail party invitees people will ever have. I'm just interesting. I think I should write a book. He's like, oh, for God's sake, stop it. You can't close your mouth long enough to write a book. You don't have the patience. People that write books are like to be alone, like to be isolated, yeah. don't like to talk to people. He said, don't write a book. So I think more than anything, he, he's going to be, he would be very surprised that I actually, wrote this book what about the fact that you know like you were on tv you're walking down the street people think they know everything about you you made money well, with I, that like Richard find that fascinating because Richard was sort of the big shot in our family you know he was the one that was this one's speechwriter and you know and this and dignitaries and all that but and I loved that about him and I loved being the missus to that mister right yeah but I, what would Richard Matthew think if he saw me walking down the street and someone yelled out like they do you made it nice i mean how many times or clip clap do you know to this day i still hear that probably 15 times a week do you hear that or clip clip more i hear mostly you made it nice from cabs or i hear what are you doing here without dorinda from cabs wow yeah and then of course there's always the one 
I've got people that lean over to me and, you know, while they're walking by, they get up all their courage in the world. And I'll be sitting in a restaurant and, and you know, someone will come. It just happened to me the other night in the shoot. I tell you how I'm doing that bitch. It's so great to see it, Dorinda. That's my but personal you can tell favorite. They've up all this courage to say that. And I'm like, oh my God, that's great. That's my personal favorite. What about, yeah, I mean, like, so we, everyone watches and thinks they know you. Like, what do you think is going to shock people, you know, that have watched you on TV for six years the most out of this book? Oh, don't you worry. Dorinda answers that. She answers the biggest misperceptions about herself. And lots of, we're going to get into so many things that you don't know about Dorinda in part two. I really have learned a lot about Dorinda from reading this book and this chat. And I, listen, I've been saying this every time I speak to you guys. You don't know these people that we see on TV. They're so different in real life. And just, I don't know. We have a really fun chat plan for tomorrow. And yes, yes, yes. We do bring up R-H-O-N-Y and the current season and the ratings and Leah and everything you think you want me to bring up. We do get to. So, but we got a lot more before we get there. It's going to be a great day tomorrow. We're going to talk more about Bluestone Manor, the bourbon. There's Bluestone Manor bourbon coming. So stay tuned for part two coming tomorrow and hope you enjoy this. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.